Welcome to Weekly Homilies. Each week we present a homily by Father Mark Suslenko, pastor of the community of St. Isidore and Maria in beautiful Glastonbury, Connecticut. These are introduced by myself, Jonathan Sozek, director of our community's Faith Formation Office. For more about Father Mark and the life of our community, please head over to isidoreandmaria.org. Today, we present Season 2, Episode 6 of this podcast. We'll hear Father Mark's homily from January 13th, 2019, the Feast of the Baptism of the Lord in your C. The Gospel for this week is Luke, Chapter 3, verses 15 to 16 and 21 to 22. Let's listen now to that reading, then hear Father Mark's response. A reading from the Gospel of Luke. The people were filled with expectation, and all were asking in their hearts whether John might be the Christ. John answered them all, saying, I am baptizing you with water, but one mightier than I is coming. I am not worthy to loosen the thongs of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. After all the people had been baptized, and Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove, and a voice came from heaven, You are my beloved Son. With you I am well pleased. The Gospel of the Lord If we take a very close look at the ritual of baptism, there are many poignant themes that leap off of the pages that help direct us toward a greater understanding of that very beautiful foundational sacrament. One of the things that immediately comes to mind is the removal of original sin, which we all know. But in addition to that, we are brought into the very intimate relationship that Jesus himself shares with the Father and become a daughter and a son of God. Also, we take up the role and task of discipleship, of living the gospel and advancing the cause of the kingdom of God. The rite tells us that we put on Christ And so, in a very real way, are called to be Christ for others. All of these themes present themselves, but there's one in particular that we sometimes forget, and it's probably the most powerful theme that can be found in the sacrament of baptism. Pope Benedict, in his encyclical, Saved in Hope, points out that when a parent presents their child for baptism, they do so with the expectation that eternal life would be a part of that experience. They present the child in hope of having eternal life shine upon them. In fact, as the baptismal rite begins, the parent is asked, what do you ask of God's church? Well, the standard reply to that is baptism. But if you look beyond that, in the closer look at the ritual, a parent can also say faith or eternal life. 
And so putting it in the wider context of this, the sacrament of baptism immerses one in the faith, which is then the key to eternal life. The key to eternal life. And that key is found in the greater body of the church, especially through the church's sacraments. Eternal life. The question we really need to wrestle with is whether eternal life is something we really want. Is eternal life something we really want? Because it appears, as folks carry out the business of their lives, that the everyday stuff is what really preoccupies us and concerns us. We can see what we really want in how we approach our habits of prayer. What is most meaningful to us is going to be revealed in our discussions with God and what we value and see as primary and true. Do we really want eternal life? I think today a lot of folks don't find the prospect of eternal life attractive. And this could be in part because of our images, our ideas, and our popular understandings of what this heaven thing is all about. And if we don't have a proper understanding of eternal life or heaven, how can we even want it? It becomes something that is put on the back burner. And maybe that's why some folks approach the sacrament of baptism as some kind of religious insurance policy that I need to keep in my back pocket so when I do meet the Lord face to face, I can pull out my credentials and say, I got it. Let me in. Baptism is not the eternal insurance policy. It's much more than this. Our popular notions of eternal life in heaven color us. And what are some of those? Well, we all tell jokes about going to see St. Peter at the gate and all of these wonderful visions of angels. Some people believe eternal life means that we're transformed into an angel and that we play a celestial harp for all of eternity. I don't want that. Some people think that when you die and you go to heaven, you sit on a cloud and kind of just float. And eternity is this feeling of bliss on a cloud, kind of just being there, doing nothing. I don't want that. Some people think that eternal life means that I have to now live arm in arm with Uncle Elmo, who I couldn't stand in this life and now have to spend eternity with him. I don't want that either. So what is this thing called heaven? You see, it's so big that we can't get our heads around it, and so we create all of these misconceptions about what heaven might be. And those misconceptions, at the end of the day, really aren't things we want. And so we go back to the business of our lives and put eternity back on the back burner again. There are times in our lives, you know, our earthly lives mimic things. Huh? We can find analogies and metaphors to talk about the divine just by what we do as human beings. 
There are times in our lives when life just comes together and clicks. There is a profound experience of rightness to where we are, to what we're experiencing. We can call it an intense moment of happiness, but better yet, moments of joy. I know there's some young folks in here who just gave birth to children recently. And I'm sure as you witness the birth of your child, you experience that joy that came from the bottom of your toes all the way through your being that just brought you to this place that nothing else could ever bring you to. And they're fleeting moments. They happen and they go. And you say to yourself in reflection, I wish I could hold on to that forever. And we all have these, I wish I could hold on to that forever stuff in our lives that we can point to in our life journey where life just came together, was right, and I felt a sense of wholeness, profound love, and happiness, unlike anything else. Profound sense of joy. Imagine eternal life as being an extension, a never-ending experience of that profound joy. That's something I want. You know, many years ago, I had an opportunity to spend some time at the Cape in the summer, and I was close enough to the water where I could hear all the families and stuff going on. And it was nice because it gave me some moments for reflection and thinking about my relationship with God and such. Inevitably, during the course of the day, and usually during a moment when I was feeling most connected, down the street I would hear, the ice cream truck is coming to the water to bring ice cream to the family and the children. It's a lovely thing. Okay, once. Not twice, three times, five times a day, the ice cream truck would come with that song. So now my mission became, I'm going to get inside that ice cream truck and rip out the mechanism that makes that song play. (laughs) And I was down at the beach one day, and I hear, and I'm oozing up, right? I can feel it starting. And all of a sudden, out of the corner of my eye, I see these two kids, brother and sister. One had to be maybe six or seven, the other one four or five. Young kids. And the brother says to the sister, and they're both in tandem, the ice cream truck is here, isn't that great? And she says, yeah. And they start running down the beach like there was no tomorrow to go get this ice cream truck. And I found myself pausing. And I was captivated by their joy over a simple little thing, like getting an ice cream cone. It welled up inside of them, it consumed them, and it just came out. And I remember thinking to myself, eternal life must be like that. Eternal life must be that joy. And so it came out, and it welled up. Jesus says to us, he gives us a clue. I will come back. You will be with me again. Your hearts will rejoice, he tells us. And here's the key. And no one can take that joy from you. Not only are we going to rejoice just for a moment, 
But no one's going to take that joy from you. It's permanent, it lasts. That's eternal life. Thinking along these terms, it helps us, especially when we have folks in our life who find this world difficult to negotiate. And we wonder, what is it going to be when they enter into this life with God? Isn't it consoling and beautiful to think that the burdens they carried here will be released and intense joy would be theirs? The joy of eternal life is the reason for our hope. You see, as Christians, we're called to hope. Hope in what? To hope in the joy of eternal life. Now, if eternal life is really something we desire, then we're not going to want to do anything or risk anything that would ever jeopardize us being with God in that way. It's going to change the way we think, the way we act, and the way we live. We're going to want to become as much like Christ and be his presence in this world that is humanly possible for us. Eternal life is the reason for our hope. May we have the excitement in that wonderful promise of salvation that awaits for us. Do all we can to work toward that goal and become excited about that as a little child is excited about an ice cream truck coming to the beach. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.